Welcome to the Emerald Support Podcast. I'm the wielder of the Monocotti Ordo, and he's the wielder of the Solcotti Cardwiz. Build an army, trust no one, except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast. And my good friend Ordo, before it is time for us to descend upon the plains and begin to examine the life of those who live on Sakai, I'm going to first ask you, what have you been playing recently? I've actually been playing a whole host of things. Uh, I recently finished uh, Miles Morales on the PS5. Ooh. And then uh, I'll get I get back to that one in a second. I've been playing the Halo Infinite campaign, <laughs> and then I've kind of fallen back into the SD Gundam trap, but this time on Steam. <laughs> was when I was playing, I was just like, man, you know what? I'm just gonna level up a few characters for the stream when I go when I go back to streaming. But I was just like, you know what? Come on, play more. I don't want to play more. And we'll play on the harder difficulty settings. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just playing it to be playing it. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying that game. I was, I was missing watching you stream that game, but it, hey, if you want to play it on your own, I got no problem with that because that looked like a fun turn-based strategy game. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stream it again pretty soon. I just need like the right conditions for it. Sometimes the, uh, sometimes my dog, she's, I want to say she's about six months old now. Sometimes at like seven, when I want to start streaming stuff, she like starts getting really hyper and wanting to play and all that stuff and. She's either at my door or she's messing with one of the other family members and, you know, that creates a lot of background noise. So, uh, I've been kind of limited on that, but she's, she's been getting better. So we'll see, uh, what happens in the future. And you've said you've also been playing Miles Morales. I, I have not played Miles Morales. I'm waiting till I get a PS5 before I take that leap, but I loved that first Spider-Man game on PS4. Yeah. I actually got it for my birthday last month. I wasn't expecting that. And it, it's 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 a more condensed story, but it's still really good. It still had me on the on the edge of my seat. I mean, getting around the city, it's it's pretty much the same as when you're playing Spider-Man PS4 or uh, Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. So, but like Miles has like some different powers. Like he can turn invisible, and then he has what's called like the Venom. Uh, he has he has like bioelectricity, and they call it like Venom Strike, Venom Charge, Venom Jump, and things like that. And that adds to his combat potential and the whole him turning invisible as like stealth sections or even like ways you can sneak up on enemies and stuff. Um, it's not insanely different from Spider-Man PS4, but I don't actually mind that it's still a pretty fun game to play. And miles is just such a different character than Peter is. It's, it's overall great experience. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I'm not sure if it takes advantage of any of the PS5 haptics. There's nothing that I really actually noticed, but again, it's, it's, they had such a solid base with Spider-Man PS4. And then it was just like, this is basically like a Spider-Man 1.5. That's what Miles Morales is, but it's still good. And I would still highly recommend it. If you can get it for like 30 bucks or something like that, I wouldn't buy like the $70 edition unless you haven't played Spider-Man PS4. And then in that case, like, I think you get like uh, Spider-Man PS4 remastered for the PS5 and you'll get Miles Morales. So, and you've also been playing that Halo campaign. Uh, I am loving that Halo Infinite campaign so much. As an open world exploring, like it's solid, it's doing its job, but the fact that it has those smooth and just great feeling Halo controls, those great feeling weapons, those fun to shoot enemies that I've been shooting for like 20 years now, but man, I still love shooting those guys. It is just what I needed. I I just needed that game. I could just dive into, go into another world, and just shoot enemies and explore a little bit and have a little bit of fun doing that. Yeah, I was listening to some other like podcasts, like big, big, big podcasts, or big gaming podcasts, and 
Uh, a lot of people were kind of down. I was like, man, uh, I hope I enjoy this, but I've been, I've been enjoying the heck out of it. Just running around exploring the grappling hook. Oh my God. Amazing. That grappling hook feels so good. Yeah. Well, we, you, me and a mutual friend of ours, uh, we had actually started out playing, uh, or sorry, two mutual friends of ours. We actually started playing the campaign. I was just like, man, I just don't really get this. But after playing like the campaign, I'm like, okay, I now know what all these weapons do. So I can jump back into the multiplayer and have like a much better understanding of what is what. Because there's a lot of new weapons in this game. Yeah. After play, I played a lot of that multiplayer beta. And one of the takeaways from it was, for me was like, man, I don't really get this grappling hook. I don't see much of the point of this. But then after playing the campaign, I was just like, oh, this is how you're supposed to be using the grapple hook. There are so many different uses for it that I did not want to experiment with in multiplayer because lots of people were shooting me. Yeah. And then you also saw like videos and stuff too. Like a guy like... Was it he was like he was ejected from his uh, I don't know what the plane's called in this game, but he's ejected from his jet and he's falling. He grapple hooks back up, steals it, knocks the other guy down, <laughs> and then carries another dude to the flag to the victory. I was like, whoa, okay, so that's what you can do with the grappling hook. It's really cool. I hadn't seen that video, but oh, I can I can picture it in my mind. That is so Halo's just so fun to play. It controls so good. It like I like it so much more than all those other first person shooters. I like it much more than Call of Duty, Battlefield. Just Halo just feels right in my hands. Yeah, and I'm playing on Xbox One too. So I occasionally like I'll have some graphic pop ins. I think I had one base where the game literally just almost froze on me. But other than that, it's it's been a pretty smooth experience. I have had a great time playing Halo Infinite. But when I haven't been playing playing Halo Infinite, there have been other games I've been delving into. I finally finished the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles which I was also streaming at twitch.tv slash cardwiz. That's twitch.tv slash cardwiz. I had such a freaking great time playing that game. I, I love the Ace Attorney series. I've played all of the available games to me, except for the Pro Professor Layton one. And oh my goodness, I always heard for years, the story of this one is the best one, but I just kind of brushed it off as some people being elitist, as some people tend to do with Japanese exclusive games. But nope. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was wrong. Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is the best story they've ever told in the Ace Attorney series. It has some of my favorite characters, and it's it's not just two games. It is one long game. That, that When they made that game, they were intending to be like, no, this is a just a two-part singular game, and it is so freaking good because of that. They Like, in the original trilogy, you have, like, the sort of seeds of, like, the story of Maya and the Fae clan and what was going on with her mother. You get, you kind of get parts of that. So there is kind of an overarching story, but no, this game, greatest attorney Chronicle is one grand overarching story. And I freaking loved it so much. I've only beaten the first one. And then I've gotten into the, I think I just hit the second case on the second game. And I was a little mixed in the first game. I was just like, man, it just feels like there's a thing that's about to happen. And then we, don't exactly pull the trigger on it, but now, but once you start like the first game up and light spoilers, you see who the victim is. It's just like, okay, what's happening? I, I can't say too much, but there is one thing that did it kind of annoy me about that. Um, so I started playing the second game on the first case. And if you've played any of these games going back uh, to the DS, um, that has like a 3d model viewer, or I should say the very last uh, DS exclusive case of the, first game you know there's like a 3d model view where you can turn evidence and look it up and down and i'll see if there's fingerprints or blood or goo or something 
So the game's like, hey, do you need a refresher course on this? I'm just like, well, no, 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 because I've just finished playing the other one. So I'm pretty well-versed in what to do. Okay, and so then I'm like, okay. I think the game's like, oh, well, what piece of evidence uh, do you need to present to prove this wrong? I'm like, oh, it's this one right here. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, it's because of this reason right here. And then it was like, nope, you're wrong. Nope, you're wrong. Nope, you're wrong. I got like three game overs. I was super frustrated, which is part of the part of the reason why I've like tapped out temporarily on it for now. Um, and then it turned out, oh, I needed to say yes to the tutorial so I can look at the 3D model viewer, which I've known about forever. So the game would actually proceed. I was just like, really? That's the only thing I was, that's the only thing I was messing me up. Ace Attorney can be frustrating with those moments. Like there, there's usually at least one moment per case where it's just like, I don't see your logic, or at least I see the logic that I need to see, but I don't know how you want me to get there, game, because I see A, I see Z. I'm not sure how, through the game mechanics, through the wording of the question you have asked me, I'm not sure what you want me to do. But those moments, you get frustrated for a, for a few minutes, but then I'm, I'm able to move on right after, eventually, and just like get back to enjoying the insane story and crazy characters. But uh, I love that game so much. It might be my game of the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good. I mean, have you, um, when, it, when, it, when it came actually through on my Nintendo Switch, like kind of like how Spotify does a rap and says, oh, here's all the things that you've listened to and streamed, yada, yada. My one that came in from Nintendo said, I've played this game for like 90 hours. <laughs> I was like, 90 hours? How? That can't be right. You're having a good time reading. You're having a good time chilling with your boy, Herlock Holmes. Totally not Sherlock Holmes. Please don't do it, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Estate. Either that, or I may have fallen asleep while playing it and added like 12, 8, 12 hours to my play time. Still 90 hours. That's a lot. It's still, I love that. I, I love that game. Um, it is, after you beat the first game and jump into the second game, then the first game kind of makes a little bit more sense and makes it a better game. Um, but just just for a recap before we move on, that was uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. That's for the PS4 and PS5. That's Halo Infinite. It is for the Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Um, SD Gundam Crossrays. That's going to be for PS4 and slash PS5 and Steam. And Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which is going to be for Switch, PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 5, and the Switch. We, there have been a lot of good games coming out. The end of the year has been a great end of the year for 2021, game-wise, at least. Well, you know we're, you know what we're going back to today, Card was. What are we going back to today, my fr good friend Ordo? To the year 2003, Fire Emblem 7. Have you heard of that game? I have. I, I, I think it might just be my favorite game of all time that I still play on stream a lot, because I love that game so much, usually in randomized form. What if I told you our, our subject for today is none other than the girl from the plains, Lynn. I'm a noblewoman, but I was raised on the plains, the opposite of in a castle. So I feel like the way I act can be unrefined, I guess. Acting noble all the time isn't all it's cracked up to be. Don't worry too much. You have your own qualities that make you a fine leader. Aw, you're just saying that to be nice. I mean it. You have amazing strength and you care deeply for those you protect. Such traits are noble in their own right, and more important than manners. Thanks, Marth. That means a lot coming from you. But she's just the tutorial character, though. That's all she's good for. 
Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's it's Lynn. Yeah, Lynn is a character who over the years has become a lot bigger than I than Nintendo or Intelligence System ever intended her to become. I I don't think they ever intended that she'd become the mascot. She'd be put into Brawl as a as an assist trophy. I don't think they in th- I didn't think they'd probably have her be one of the faces of the mobile game that they'd eventually come out with. She's but, in a commercial, man. She's in a commercial. She's in a full-on commercial. Granted, I, for some reason, she's blonde, but she's in a commercial. <laughs> let's, let's ignore that fact. Let's ignore that fact. Over the years, Lynn has somehow become the face of the franchise. But, like, who is this character, and how did she get to that point? Obviously, we kind of have to... Well, I said we were going back to 2003, but we kind of have to peel it back just a little bit to the year 2001, like we always do. Y'all know the story. Martha and Roy in Smash. it. Advanced Wars was doing good. They decided, hey, we need to maybe maybe let's bring the next Fire Emblem over to the West. And to do that, uh, the game the game has mechanics that we need to learn. So let's have this Lord, and she'll be like this intro character. And um, that's basically the conception of Lynn as a character. She basically exists because of Smash Brothers and Advanced Wars and everything with involved with him wanting to come to or wanting the game series to come to the West. So. That's who she is on the outside, but as far as a character in-game, uh, when you first power up the game, enter your name for your tactician or whatever, and you start, she's the very first friendly face that you see. She has found you collapsed on the plains, and she has just brought you into her hut, where she gives you her backstory and gives you her starting motivations. Tells you that she's all alone on the plains because a group of evil bandits have killed m- most of her tribe, including her parents, and... The rest of the tribe who survived just ran off because they didn't want to be led by a teenage girl, sadly. So Lynn's been basically on her own for the last six months. Um, and what's really sad is like the very last thing that she ever saw was her was her father like putting on a horse and um, getting you know having that horse take her out of there because. What these bandits did, uh, the Tabler bandits, they basically poisoned everyone in the Lorca tribe's water supply. So while they were in pain and poisoned and dying and all that stuff, that's when they chose to invade and slaughtered pretty much, as you said, anyone who didn't survive. And I mean, it's, it's a Fire Emblem protagonist. If you don't have at least one parent dead, what are you doing? I know. and But thankfully, she's a good, happy JRPG protagonist who just wants to hang out with friends and to go out and... Oh, oh, she actually wants to leave her homeland, and she tells us she wants to go all out on a quest for revenge to murder the people who killed her parents. Okay, ha- a happy JRPG protagonist time. Let's let's go on. <laughs> us being the uh, the the silent invisible hand, we're just like, yeah, okay, we'll move here, go there, and uh, yeah, we will help you uh, in your revenge, but. Along the way, we run into two knights, Sane and Kent, who are who are looking for this heir to the Kalen. I don't want to say empire, but the Kalen throne. It's a throne, like it's a it is a country within a country. It's like it's kind of like a duke sort of thing. A dukedom, yeah, that's what I was looking for. So yeah, they're looking for this person there and. Kent and Sane, they see Lynn and they're like, wait a sec. She looks exactly like 
Madeline. Now, I'm going out here on a limb, and I'm assuming that because Madeline was a noble woman, that there's probably pictures and stuff and all that stuff hanging up hanging up uh, around this at the castle at Caelan. So I'm kind of making that up on my own, but they have to. But given that Scent and Kane are pretty young, they have to know like what she looks like from somewhere. And so, seeing that she resembles remarkably the daughter of the Lord, who is going through an issue right now, they manage to confront Lynn and tell her, "Hey." We believe you're the granddaughter of our Lord. And because of that, we need you to come back because he is dying. We need your help. And Lynn, she's basically been so lonely for these past six months, not having any, you know, uh, family around with her. She's like, I have a living relative that I could really connect to, really get to know. And that's what drives her story. And it's such a simple and small story, yet it's so heartwarming at the same time because... You know, we meet all these characters. She forms the Lindis Legion. Um, we get to see, you know, uh, Grand King Dorcas in all of his glory. Um, uh, she meets uh, Elliewood. Obviously, Elliewood's like, you know, my hands are kind of tied, can't do anything. But it's just, it's simple, it's basic, and it teaches you some of the fundamentals of Fire Emblem so well that I think this is, even today, that this is still a great starter game. Um but just, a, I don't know, just that longing for her trying to, like, find her grandfather. And then you have, like, scenes where you see, like, her evil uncle's like, yeah, I'm going to poison this dude so I can be the new uh, dude of Kalen. It is, I don't know, basically what I'm trying to say is they could have phoned this in, pretty much. But they actually decided to make, like, a nice self-contained story. And it's a solid story where we see who Lynn is. She's a girl who has lost everything, is out for revenge, but the second she realizes... The most important thing to her, her family. She, The second she realized she has family still alive, that is the new number one priority. She still wants to get revenge on the side, but her priority is, I am going to help visit my grandfather. I'm going to save him if I can. And you know what? We're going to go visit the Plains of Sakae together. We're going to get through this. I'm doing it with my family and with my new friends along the way, because her tribe, her family is the people around her. That is what is the most important thing to her character. And we get to, s- to see that on her journey. And I love to see that. It's, it's a simple little 10 chapter story, mini story, but it, it tells what it does, what it needs to do. It establishes characters, teaches you the mechanics of the game on the side. And there you go. Nice little story is, which is a nice little prologue. I do love Fire Emblem 7, and I love that prologue as well. I love Slid Mode as well. It's it's very heartwarming when she does end up meeting her her grandfather. Is his name Hassan? Yeah. No, no. I believe her father is Hassan. Yeah. Well, her, her father is Hassar with an R. Halson. Uh, Halson. When, like, you know, he's sick in bed and she leans up and she... Because they have, like, a, a scene of them. Like, it's like a sephiotone, but she's, like, hugging him and... I feel that emotion. I'm I'm getting a little teary-eyed here. She, you can feel that emotion where she's hugging your grandfather. And I believe they talk about, you know, how they want to walk the castle grounds and like, you know, cause there's aspects of Lynn's mother, Madeline that she doesn't know about. Like she knows Madeline who lived on the plains, but she doesn't know about Madeline, the, the princess in the castle. And there is a time skip between 10 and 11. And I'm going on head cannon here. I like to imagine that they walked around the castle, they exchanged stories they talk about like the court and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, even, oh gosh, 
Oh, my heart. It's too heartwarming, man. It's too wholesome. Too wholesome for Fire Emblem. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Lynn's a very prideful person as well. Uh, she has several supports in this game where, and in Warriors, where people are just like, you know, I kind of don't want to take you one. She's like, excuse me? Is it because I'm a woman? Because I will take you. She's very prideful of herself, and she's very mindful of the fact that she, she believes people will treat her differently if she is a noble or because she is a woman. She wants to prove herself as a source person, as a warrior, that she views herself as that probably f- before those. And, and um, as a Sakaian as well, which, it, which brings rise to several problems with her and like the actual court attitude as well, because we still see there's like some racism or uh, I guess we call it xenophobia uh, towards people who are Sakaian or live in Sakaian. We see that in the main story too, uh, with characters like Wrath and the guy he works for. And what happens is, is like sort of post this story, we know that Lynn has a lot of frustrations where apparently her, she can have like a temper and there, and some people are just like, well, that's because, you know, you're a half Sakai and that's savage blood you have in you. And of course, Lynn kind of has to hold her tongue at that, which is, it's really awful. The more and more she has to do the noble duties or princess duties, whichever title she is. Um, the more she has to do those duties, the more she begins to long for her home with the plains, where everything's a little bit simpler. She lives off the land. She fathers Father Sky and Mother Earth, as she says. And for her, the plains are her home. And that's illustrated in so many of her supports and endings as well. As songs for like the ones where she ends up marrying Elliewood or um, Hector. At every other uh, canonical ending she has, she ends up giving her land. She gives up, ends up giving Lycia to or her land to Ostia and Hector's uh, hierarchy and moves back to the plains because that's where she feels she belongs. That's where she's at her happiest. And she she might take someone with her. She might take Kent with her. She might take uh, Florina with her, kind of. But her loyalty to her friends is basic, is above all else. Like if Elliewood or Hector ever needed anything, like she would be there in a heartbeat, I feel. Man, this is such a cool character. I can't wait to be able to play Fire Emblem 6 so we can see how she's doing. Well, that's that's actually the interesting thing. That's something I actually um, wanted to talk about. So when Fire Emblem 6 was being made, it was not made with this version of Fire Emblem 7 in mind. Um, it only became that way because the aforementioned Smash and Advanced Wars and then wanted to bring the game over. Um, so people like the label in is, oh, you know, she doesn't really matter. She's kind of a, uh, a secondary character. Um, you know, she's not in Fire Emblem 6, so she, you know, she really doesn't matter that much. But the truth is, is that they kind of made, they made Lynn and the Lynn scenario after the fact. Like, I'm sure if they redid Fire Emblem 6 or uh, Fire Emblem 7 account, maybe like a two-pack, big, huge remake, Lynn would probably sh- show up in like a side story or something in Fire Emblem 6. Kind of like how, um... In Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, you kind of have like this whole new campaign with like Melia as the focus. I think you probably see something like that with like Lynn as the focus. Please, Nintendo, give us more Fire Emblem games. I'd even take remakes of 6 and 7. Please just give me new Fire Emblem games. I'm starving for news. We haven't had much to talk about on the podcast. Please give us Fire Emblem news. Well, you know, choose your Legends 5. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) But throughout, throughout Lynn's journey... Um, actually, you know what? Actually, this is, this will be a good opportunity. I, I want to go to, I want to say this for later, but I think this is going to be good. Um, we got a comment. 
uh, from Liam Strong or at Liam Strong twenty. Thank you very much, by the way, uh, for your comment. They say Lena's great. I love her interactions with Hector and Florina. I wish she had gotten her own second route in Fire Emblem Seven, though, because she unfairly gets pinned as a secondary character after Chapter Ten. And I, I mean, she is kind of a secondary character, but she's always there and she's always engaging in the conversations and she's always involved with Hector and Elliot. So she never really came off as a secondary character to me. What do you think? I never thought she was a secondary character. I still viewed her as a part of the trio. Like, sure, like, Ellie Wood was a bigger part of the story because the story, first part of the story, revolves around finding his... The fact that Lynn joins in because she cares about her friends and Hector joins in because he cares about his friends and he knows... Hector knows that there are spy things going on with some mysterious organization. It's just like... Everyone is still involved. Everyone is still intertwined together. And I love these characters and they want to help each other because the power of friendship. And I'm okay with that because the power of friendship is good sometimes. Most of the time. I think for like a better comparison, she's a little bit like uh, how Flavia and Basilo in Fire Emblem Awakening are always part of the story, but they're not exactly like the main focus, but they're still always involved. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was... Man, I always hated that they didn't join until so much later in the game, but they are still an important part of the game. Like, especially like with Lynn in Hector's mode. Like, Lynn is someone who Hector is able to really bounce off and let he he can vent things that he doesn't want to vent to Elliewood because he knows Elliewood has a lot of things on his plate right now. So Lynn helps serve that purpose of like being an equal lord who he's willing to open up to and they have their like fights because they're opposites because that's how uh, these type of games in anime work. And it's like, or not just anime, it's just all tropes. It's just, it's just tropes period because that's how these characters are. And that scene that they have on the boat, I want to say, and I'm sure you'll be able to correct me. Is it like chapter 16 ish right around there where they have that really cool, like moment on the boat where they're talking to each other. I believe it's chapter eight, uh, chapter 18 of Hector mode. I believe. It's right around there. I'm sure someone will correct us on it. But yeah, like that's just a, it's a good moment because before then, like if you're only playing through hell, if you're only playing through Elliewood mode, you kind of, kind of see them like butting heads or getting on each other's nerves. And eventually they do like kind of reconcile. But when you play Hector mode, like this is kind of like the moment that helps them reconcile. Hector mode isn't just there for the hard stuff and harder enemies. You do get actual more character motivations, more story. Yay. I love this game and story of Fire Emblem 7, even though it's like, it's a simple story, but dang, I love it. Just remember, Japan thought this was like the, the number three game in the series still, so hey, who am I to argue? Mm -hmm. But as we've always said, you know, throughout the adventure, um, she, she along with Hector and Ellie would end up stopping uh, the plans of Nurgle, that evil, evil man. And afterwards, she returns to her home on the plains, and after that, we never saw Lynn again. Until Super Smash Brothers Brawl came around and they introduced this new thing called assist trophies. And if you've never played Smash, which I mean, I'm assuming most of our audience has played Smash. Um, if you've never played Smash, um, basically they work like the Pokeball item. The Pokeball item is that you grab a Pokeball, you throw it, and then a Pokemon comes out to assist you in battle. Well, the same thing sort of happens here where you gather like this little glowing like object thing and you pick it up, your character holds it up to the sky. And the character comes out and will help you. And that's what Lynn does. And 
she's been around in Smash since Brawl in 2008. And I was like, oh, that's cool. She should have been playable. Still should have been playable, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I th- kind of think that's where like the Lynn resurgence kind of started. Because, you know, after 03, she was gone. And there was seeming like no reason for her, her to come back. As, but then, out of nowhere, she came out as this trophy character who came out and knocked out our enemies in Brawl. Thank you very much. But then Lynn kind of kept popping back up in places I wouldn't have expected her to. Yeah, she was available as a uh, DLC in Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, and this was, and that was like, Oh man, that's cool because she got brand new artwork too. And I thought that was really badass. Uh, and, and Fire Emblem Awakening in her DLC, like, you had like a more in-depth conversation with her character than you would with, I think almost any other character who was in that, those DLCs, because like she had a conversation with like, wait a second, you're a tactician. I know a tactician. Like, and she goes into really in depth about how the tactician from fire emblem seven really sort of affected her, what she remembers about them. And that's not something they really gave to many characters in those awakening DLCs. Yeah, and although, like, in the end, she's like, oh, you're not that tactician. Like, even though it's just, like, a still image picture of her, of her artwork on screen, I, I felt a little heartbreak. I was like, no, Lynn, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm Mark from Fire Emblem 7. It's me. Uh, kind, of a, kind of a little fun fact here. Uh, it's not even written down in these notes, but in the Japanese version of Fire Emblem Awakening, Robin's son or daughter. Uh, actually, no, no, no. It's just... Oh God, I can't remember. But female Robin's son, Morgan's Japanese name is Mark. And he too is a tactician. Oh no. Is there a connection? Probably not anyway, (laughs) but still, (laughs) still, that's pretty cool. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Wish they would have localized like that. But they kind of went with like a gender neutral name of Morgan because it works, you know, either as male or female or non-binary. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then, you know, she appears as the Fire Emblem Awakening DLC. That's, 2012, 2013-ish, depending on, you know, what region that you're in. And then 2017 happened. They had this uh, big, long trailer. And they were showing off a Fire Emblem, or it wasn't a big trailer, it was like a direct, and they were showing off, you know, a few new Fire Emblem things, Fire Emblem Warriors. And then they announced Fire Emblem Heroes. And she got amazing brand new art once again. Something that's a little bit more truer to her original artwork. Um, they announced this thing called Choose Your Legends. Now, if you've listened to our excellent, excellent episode on ch- chapter, f- chapter four. Ooh. No, no, not sorry. excellent. I'm not sorry. Excellent. I'm we, sorry. I couldn't say it with a straight face. We don't reference that episode ever. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways. Um, but they had this thing called Choose Your Legends where everyone got to vote for a character I think a lot of I think a lot of it was a lot of misconceptions. Uh, people thought, "Oh my god, if I don't vote, my character's not going to get in the game." But what actually was is that everyone gets to vote for like ninety nine percent of all the characters in the Fire Emblem series, and the number one, and number two get like special outfits and stuff like that. When the midterms came out, because I think this poll, I think the Choose Your Legends one poll lasted longer than almost every other one. But when those midterm polls came out, Lynn was number one. She was above like Lucina, who was like. The new, I guess you could kind of call her the new Lynn as far as like a female character representing Fire Emblem, but like she was above Lucina by a good chunk of votes. And I was like, whoa, Lynn? Lynn's number one? That's insane. 
Turns out that the fans still remember her. The fans who had played those original Game Boy Advance games were like, yes, she's still our favorite female character. We're going to keep voting for her. Lynn's still in our hearts and our souls and our minds. Um, and I think there's a comment out there, and it, the comment's like five years old. I, I, I wasn't able to find it for the podcast. I'm sure it's probably out there. Um, but I want to say that the developers for, for Fire Emblem Heroes were like, wait a sec. These guys, this person's number one. I know they mentioned something about being surprised that Donald was like in the top 10, but I want to, I want to say that they were surprised that like Lynn was beating Lucina. Like, I think they thought that Lucina would just win it all. But the people spoke and the makers of Fire Emblem Heroes listened and they've kept listening because they've given Lynn more costumes than anyone else, I believe, and had her be a part of more banners than just about anyone else. I think at the time she's tied with Camilla, but Camilla also comes as a duo hero with Hinoka as like the main lead. So kind of a little asterisk beside that. But yeah, she she's tied with Camilla as like the most <laughs> there's a character like the most alts ever. <laughs> they know that what people will pay for and they will pay for they will pay for more Lynn. I mean, so much so that they ended up having to add her to Warriors. I don't know if it was because of this or they had planned on Lynn from the start. A lot of their developer comments are very wishy-washy or back and forth or contradictory if you've ever followed the Warrior saga. But, like, if you were to believe what a lot of people say is like, oh, they saw this and knew they had to add Lynn in. Whenever that decision was made, they decided Fire Emblem Warriors, the game that pretty much only focused on Awakening, Fates, and uh, original... uh, shadow dragon characters out of nowhere they there's also like oh and also here's lynn it's so it's such a freaking random thing seemingly out of all of the games and all of the characters you only add lynn but just like I, that it speaks to how much lynn is a big part of fire like she is she is a huge face in the community even though like sort of canonically story-wise she's one of three lords in a singular game He's gonna throw that out there. They added uh, Selka too, but from what I heard of that, they actually had, ori- had they had actually added original Gaiden Selka before like her like new design and stuff came out. And they're like, uh oh. <laughs> so yeah, um, and probably the best part about you know having Lynn Warriors is that she has a voice now, and well, I guess that's the same. It's it's true for heroes too. Like she has like voiced lines and stuff like that. And shout out to Wendy Lee for giving her like this amazing voice. Because I'm going to go a little inside baseball. This is us re-recording this episode because I was going to insert a voice clip when I was editing. And then I was like, well, let me go to Warriors since that's the only one that she talks in, really. And she just started talking about the plane so passionately. And I told Cardwiz, I was like, Cardwiz, we did a fantastic episode, but I almost feel like we missed Lynn entirely. So we're going to re-record it. It's all because of like me listening to Wendy Lee's voice of Lynn and just feeling like, we didn't do Lynn justice. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Wendy Lee for being an amazing voice actress for Lynn. Um, but yeah, you know, that gave Lynn a voice. And so now you could actually hear what she sounded like. And she sounds so happy when you listen to her in the game. Sadly, we do not have Wendy Lee here to help us out, but we can give our own voice to Lynn in a sense. It's going to, it's not going to be Wendy Lee. We'll say that. Yeah. It won't be Wendy Lee quality. But it's, the, but it's the quality you've come to expect from the Emblem Support Podcast. <laughs> we chose two supports. One of those, one of these supports was because we got that nice comment from Liam Strong. Thank you very much once more. Where they mentioned Florina. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, because Florina is like Lynn's best friend. So 
Yeah, best friend. Uh, yeah, you know, nothing more than a best friend. Yep, just a best friend. Yep, only best friend. <clears throat> they don't uh, profess love for each other or anything. Anyways, anyways, um, so yeah, we wanted to go with that one. And then we wanted to go with one that you had actually previously done on your own. Uh, it was kind of the start of this podcast, just doing supports on the fly. And you were like, I'm going to do it, Lynn, and Wallace support. And I was just like, what? And then you went into it uh, as both characters, which it's still amazing. I can't remember which episode what, what that it was, but it was amazing. And um, so we wanted to do it properly this time because it also focuses on one of the plot points um, uh, with the bandits and stuff. So we're going to start with the Florina and Lynn support. And uh, Cardwiz, which one do you want? I shall take the part of Florina. All right. I guess that makes me Lady Lynn. Florina, are you well? Lady Lindus, oh, I, I'm well. Thank you. Good. I was worried, but don't go out alone if you can. You never know where archers might be lurking. Uh, yes. Are you carrying enough he healing salve? Your weapons, are they all in order? Oh, oh yes. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, oh, a volunary and uh, my lance is here and... Uh... It's all right, Florina. Take your time. I'm here should anything happen. But Lady Lindus... It, it, it should be the other way around. I'm here to protect you. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Don't I, didn't I always look out for you back on the plains? Remember? Uh, of course, but... No buts. Let's head out, Florina. Uh, Lady Lindus. Right off the bat, we kind of see that, you know, Lindus, Lindus is a uh, really caring person. Or I guess we don't have to, like, oh, we just now see this, but like... It really adds to the fact that, you know, she's someone who really cares for her friends. She's not the stereotypical noble of trying to take care of herself and treating her uh, soldiers as her soldiers. She's treating them, her as a friend, but she's still trying to be formal noble because she's been adopted into that over the last year. And that's basically what you see within the Lindus Legion storyline in itself from where she's like, you know, I get it. You know, I'm the noble. I'm technically your leader, but please don't treat me any different than anybody else. We're on the battlefield. You and I are the same. Mm -hmm. And she's going back to her time with Florina because we know from Lynn's story mode that these characters do know each other. They're good friends. And we're seeing we're seeing a little bit of that here. It's just a solid C support to establish a few things. How Florina is viewing herself as the soldier for Lynn. As we move on to the B. Florina, what is it? I heard a scream. I'm sorry. A bee was chasing me. I couldn't help it. Really? You gave me quite a scare. But that reminds me of that time. Remember Florina? When we first met? Oh no, not that... I was out hunting when I saw Pegasus wandering about. When I went to go see what was going on, I saw you hanging to, onto that tree branch. Well, what was I supposed to do? All those bees came flying out at me. I was so frightened. <laughs> I remember you were crying because you couldn't get down. I couldn't believe that you, a little girl, were a Pegasus knight. Please don't tell that story anymore. It's so embarrassing. You know how dishonorable it is to fall off your Pegasus? <laughs> don't worry, I won't tell a soul. It'll be our little secret, all right? All right, but that better be a promise. Those were the days, though. You and me, riding on the plains. The wind blowing across the grass. Lady Lindus? 
And that one, that one's another good B support, but it also like talks about what we were talking about, where she's always thinking about the plans themselves. Yeah. She's thinking about how she, she misses the nostalgia of the old days of the wind blowing across the grass, hanging out with your friends, meeting a girl who's stuck up in a tree, ra- finding a random Pegasus on the plains. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get to finally sort of see how these two characters met. We we know from the games that like, oh yeah, these are two old friends, but we get we get the moment of how they met, and it's just like a silly little story involving a bunch of bees, and it's just like it's kind of fun. We can we can imagine the character Florina getting losing her Pegasus due to bees at this time. Yeah. Hey, cool little uh little tree effect I didn't think about in, until just now, but the Lynn that is a ninja, she rides a Pegasus and she's a duo duo unit with Florina. So that's a neat little callback. Obviously they aren't ninjas, but kinda cool. Aww. Now I want ninja skins. Dang it. Anyway, uh but yeah, on to the A support. Yeah. Lady Lindis, are are you all right? Ah, Florina. Is something the matter? Uh, might I be of some help? Thanks, but it's really nothing. It can't be fixed anyway. Is it the planes? What? Please, don't hide it, even from me. You want to return to the planes, don't you, Lynn? You, I know how you used to, you used to live in the castle and gaze out at the hills of Kalen. It's just, it doesn't seem fair. I know. With my grandfather in his condition, I'm the only one to watch over the castle. You shouldn't force yourself, though. I'm, I'm sure that Lord Halson would understand. Leaving on the plains, just, it just seems right for you, Lynn. Florina. Hmm. <laughs> Guess what? You stopped calling me Lindus, and you're speaking to me much more frankly now. I, I, I apologize. I, I'm such a scatterbrain. I just. Please, Florina, don't. I, too, thought it was the way we had to be with each other, but I was wrong. I can't take it anymore. I've been so lonely all this time, leaving the plains and you, my best friend, treating me like a noble stranger. What does that, what does rank and birth have to do with anything? I'm still myself, and you're still you. Please, talk to me normally like you used to. Lindus, Lynn, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I had, I had no idea you felt that way. I do. And someday, when I return to the plains, come with me, won't you? I may not be able to pay you like I do now, but I would like you with me, Florina, as a friend. Yes, that, that would be nice. Let's stick together, no matter what happens, now and always. As a friend. Just friends. <laughs> Just friends, as having an ending together. Ah. Uh, we finally get to see that wall break down. We see that there was, it wasn't really a tension. I don't know if I use that word between them two in the C and B support, but the the fact that Florina is only calling her Lindus. And even though Lynn has tried to kind of be in the story, be like, Hey, just call me Lynn. She's. Hey there. Editor Ordo here. For some reason, we lost about a minute of audio right here. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I couldn't edit around it either. So I was just like, well, how do I do this? And, uh, I mean, it makes the next sentence, the start of the next sentence kind of awkward, but, uh, yeah, I think it works. So, uh, apologies for that. And back to the show. And we can see her finally, like, just completely break down from all that and just let her frustrations fly. Just like, no, 
I don't want this, but I feel I have to do this because of my grandfather. But dang it, I love the plane so much, and I just want to be right. I just want to be friends with you again, Florina. She wants free from this life. You know, it's she feels that she has a duty to her people and Lord Housen, and all this is basically just boom thrown on her. And I want to go back to what you said, something that you said earlier, when all the Lorca tribe basically just left because they didn't want to be, you know, with Lynn as a leader. And this could speak to like, you know, Lynn wasn't ready to be a leader for the Lorca tribe, and she wasn't ready to be a leader um, for Kaylin either. She has been thrust into this situation, and she has handled it well, but if she could be in a situation where she doesn't have to be in that situation, she'll probably take it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like, well, I guess, I guess you could kind of compare it. It's like when Ike was, you know, sorry, we're going to go into a little bit of, you know, some slight Radiant Dawn spoilers, but at the very, and sort of the end of Path of Radiance too, but um, when Ike becomes a lord and now he's sitting at the table among other lords, he was also frustrated that, you know, this is how things are done and he wanted out. And because he didn't have a noble birth, he was able just to leave and return his lord title and all that other stuff that went with it. But Lynn is almost in a similar, but not similar, but not the same situation where, yeah, she wants to do the same thing and leave all that stuff behind, but she can't, or she feels that she can't because of her nobility, a noble birth and her lineage. But thanks to her friends sort of dragging her back to earth, she's able to realize and accept that this isn't what she wants. She know she knows what she wants, and that's to be on the planes with her just friend Florina. Just friends. Just friends. And in the end, you know, that's why she ends up in multiple endings, uh, you know, turning over Kalen to someone that she can trust and someone that she feels that will be able to take care of the people of Kalen. And that would be Hector and Ostia. And then this uh, last support basically ties up uh, something that just kind of goes away with the main story. And because you think like, because if you're just playing this, you're like, wait, you're like, wait, what happened to her whole, I want to get revenge against the bandits plot. This kind of some, this kind of like takes care of that. We get the Wallace Lynn C support. I shall take the part of Wallace. Yes, you are a great Wallace. Wallace? Ha! Ha! Lady Lindus. I wanted to thank you for fighting with us. It was nothing. I have sworn my body and blade to Caelan. It is my duty to aid the Lady Lindus. Ha ha! I was going to ask you how the Knights of Caelan have been doing. Have they been following the training course in my Manual of Knightly Prowess? Y y yes, they're all giving their best, except for that one crazy cor course in which they're supposed to circle the domain at top speed. What? Oh, those weak Bellied with how many times did I explain? Leave out one of the drills in the manual, and the good it has done is all for naught. But they're only human. Running at full speed around the domain is impossible. With an iron will, impossible, my lady. At my best, I circled the domain thrice in armor. You can't set one person as a standard for all, especially as one as exceptional as yourself. Nonsense. Lord Hussar dismounted and ran up with me, he did. Wallace, you... You knew my father? I knew him well. I knew Lord Hussar well, for he was my rival in all things. Tell me. Tell me about my father. 
Love this C support. We get a little bit of sort of the comedy of Wallace having this insane routine that he has his wants to have all the knights do before t- ending it off with, oh yeah, Wallace wasn't part of Kalen when Hussar was there. He knew Lin's father and was apparently a good friend slash rival with him. Yeah, and when, they, when they're talking about running around the domain, they're basically talking about running around the entire kingdom. <laughs> Which is, it is insane, but yeah. Um, the very end line where Lin's like, whoa, 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 tell me about my father. And again, again, time back to what we said before, Lin knows about like the plane's life of her father, Hussar, but she doesn't know about the castle life when he used to come around the castle. Because if we look at back at one of the story things, we know... Some of the Sakaian people, like Wrath, will take jobs and stuff like as mercenaries and whatnot. What we know about Lynn is that like she knew her parents as people of Sakai, people who lived on the plains. She really doesn't know anything about their lives in Kalen, where they spent a good time part of their lives together. And this conversation with Wallace is like is the a door opening to her family, to her family's past that she never knew that she could potentially have access to. I, I, and I love to see that. And Wallace being like such a, I'm not going to say like a clumsy character or like, I don't even, I don't really know the word for it. I don't want to say like, Oh, he's, he probably just wasn't like thinking about it when he's like, Oh yeah, sorry. Me and him go back. Of course. And this is his daughter. He probably never thought to be like, Oh, I need to go share some stories with her. Uh, his star with Lynn. He probably just didn't think about that until, uh, this very moment at the end of the uh, C support. As we move on to the B. Yeah. Show you wield a sword with grace. Good day, General Wallace. You have come so far in a short time. Not only have you mastered the basics, but your beyond is swift indeed. I learned the sword from my father. Yes, it is true that Lord Hussar was good not just with a bow, but with a sword as well. I, I must become stronger, and not just for this battle. There's something else I must do. Perhaps, Lady Lindis, you speak of the bandits that took your parents' lives. My mother, my father, and the people of the Lurka who died. With this sword, I'll avenge them all, one day, I swear it. How saddened the Marquis would be if he heard that a lady of Caelan was plotting revenge. You would have me forget? Can I forget the blood that was spilled? Can I forget my father? Never! I cannot! Lady Lindus. I am sorry, Sir Wallace, but this is something I cannot forget. Lady Lindus, do you hate them? The ones who did this to you? Yes, I hate them. Very much. They took my father and my mother from me. I shall never forgive them. As long as they live, I can never move on. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Interesting. We get to see a different side of Lynn here. Normally we see like this kind and caring and, you know, we're friends type Lynn, but this. This is murder Lynn. Yes. We, we get to see freaking murder Lynn ready to draw blood and kill every single bandit that she could possibly lay her sword upon. Every last one of them? Kill every last one of them. And we see Wall- Wallace is being the knight. He being concerned about what the what the noble lady of the house, whether she should be concerning herself with such things as revenge, whether that should be what she should be turning her mind to. It probably breaks Wallace's heart, you know, because he was a knight of Caelan, which means he knew 
Madeline pretty very well. He knew Hussar pretty well. And just and to see, you know, Lynn so obsessed with revenge and like showing the side of hatred. And we've seen from various Fire Emblem characters what happens when you can be obsessed with revenge. Obviously, our more modern like comparison is, you know, Dimitri. Um but there's plenty of others like uh, like um I almost said Oswin. Uh, his name isn't Oswin. It's um what's the guy in FE8? Uh Leon? No, well well, his is more of a desire to save people. Oh, I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, this is gonna rack my brain. I know his name. <laughs> it starts with an O. It's not Oswin. Oh my gosh, what is his name? Orson. That's his name. It's Orson. We see what happens when you get lost in like revenge. Um with characters like Dimitri and Orson and so many others. And I think Wallace is kind of seeing, you know, if I don't do something about this, if I don't, Hmm, then that's what he's thinking. He's thinking on that lips. He's like, the answer to him is on the tip of his tongue. And he's considering things at the very end, which would, which in that thought process that I'm a little making up is what lands us here on the a support. And we, we know how much Wallace cares for uh, Hassan and Madeline because, spoiler alert for another support conversation, Wallace has a support conversation with Kent where he, go, he gives him the details of like, yeah, I'm the one who let them go because I cared about them so much. Like, oh, I didn't he, know that. Oh, yeah. He sort of abandoned his... He was ordered to go after them and stop them, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've read that support, but... Wallace was the one who went after them and caught up with them, and because of like his friend, he put his friendship and the happiness of Madeline and Hassan over his nightly duties, which is we saw the manual of nightly prowess. That's not something he would take lightly. You've given me an idea, Carlos. Ooh, what is this idea? Uh, not not the one that's coming up. Maybe the one afterwards. Lo- night loyalty, something with knights. As far as the emblem support log goes, I, I, I want that one. The the loyal knights. All right, may, maybe we'll save the Wallace Kent for then. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what we'll figure stuff out. Yeah, but the story does not end with the Lynn Wallace B support. It continues on. Lady Lindus, General Wallace. I had not thought to ever tell this to anyone, but I shall tell you and only you. What is it? I haven't told you how I came to Burr. <laughs> you mean you didn't wander here by chance? No. Not by chance. I came to Burn for a reason. I had a purpose. A uh, purpose? The bandits that used to live in the Talavar Mountains. They are no more. I destroyed the bandits of Talavar. Why? Why did you do such a thing? The bandits of Tabler were my enemies. They were, they were mine too. Lady Lindus, I killed them, but not for revenge. I want you to be happy. I wanted the single daughter of Lord Hussar and Lady Madeline to be happy. <sighs> Lady Lindus, if you truly wished revenge on them, you should be happy. Hatred can be strength. On the plains, you needed that strength to survive. But left too long, hatred can twist and consume you. (sighs) The blood of your parents flows in your veins. That you live must bring them no end of joy. But for you to be filled with such hate, is this what your parents would have wished for? My words might not reach you now. I know that. 
Still, Lady Lindus, listen. But, but I... I pray that your heart will not be clouded, for you have the clear eyes of your mother, and in clarity lies beauty. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Five out of five. I love that. You don't really get much of like a Lynn in this. It's so much more of Wallace. And when I think back to the Game Boy Advance supports, it's for the most part, like you may have like some blinking animations and stuff like that. It's typically just like a still image. And there's so much they do with these words alone that, you know, more modern games from like Awakening Forward, they have multiple like uh, expressions and blinkings and smiling and frowns and blushes and all that. But the fact that they could do so much with this writing to convey so much from two still images is amazing. I love this support so much. We get the we get the closure of Lynn's character. Like there's in the main storyline with Lynn's character, there is one huge hole that is not filled, and that is her wanting to get revenge on the Taliver bandits. We get that here. We get to see that, oh yeah, she's still thinking about getting revenge. Like the second she's able to leave the castle on her own for a while. She probably plans on getting revenge on the hell. She might be planning to eventually get the Kalen army to go out and get revenge and take out the Taliver bandits for all we know. She is being consumed by that, but she's been distracted over the last year. Th thankfully by her grandfather, by the Knights of Kalen, by Hector and Elliewood's journey. But once all this is over, if it had been allowed, she probably would have gone straight to, get revenge and murder. But Wallace has decided, I'm not letting you do that. That is, I am going to save you from yourself. You may not like it, but that's what I'm going to do. We see the on the chapter where we could potentially recruit Wallace, we just see him sort of wandering around the mountains of Burr. And we this conversation helps us realize, oh, he wasn't just wandering around because he's the old man character. He's the old man who lost his directions. No, he was there like probably literally like five minutes before we run into him. He was murdering the people who murdered Lynn's family, who murdered his good friends, Asan and Madeline. Yeah. Cause when you first meet him in, um, Lynn's mode, he's wandering around. He's like, ha ha ha. I'm lost. I'm such a clueless moron, but he's just like, and then when you see him here again, you're like, Wallace, come on, man. What are you doing? And he's just like, I murdered some bandits. I murdered all of them. Every last one of them. He basically takes the sword from Lynn. Well, metaphorically, of course. He basically takes the, the sword out of Lynn's hand and does it himself. And that, that was because of how much he cared for Hussar and Madeline. And now he cares for Lynn in that same way, too. Because he's actually not affiliated with any knights currently. He's actually, I want to say he's retired, isn't he? Yes, I believe he's retired. Yeah, I was like, he's either retired or just not working with the Knights anymore. But yeah, he just he just does it on his own, and that's got to be that's got to be pretty. Uh, it's pretty commendable for Wallace to do that, so Lynn can be happy. I I love the story. It's it puts a nice bow on it. it it's such a I I love a good story of revenge. I love a good story of like trying to stop someone from getting revenge. It's also fun. It all comes together here, and I love the support so much. It, it is a 10 out of 10 for me. It's a 5 out of 5. I love it. That doesn't quite bring us to the end of this episode, but it's pretty close. My last question I want to ask you, Cardwiz, is we sort of know the legacy of Lynn based on this podcast, but what do you think the future of this is? Do you see a Fire Emblem 7 remake with uh, a little bit more Lynn focused, or do you see a 
you know, like I was talking about Xenoblade Chronicles with its, you know, side story. Do you see like a Fire Emblem 6 with maybe a Lin mode that kind of talks about what she has afterwards? I could very much see that happening. Nintendo is always looking for things to reboot or remaster in some sort of way. And Fire Emblem, if Advance Wars 1 and 2 can get it, I, that strongly gives me hope that they will do that with 7 and maybe even 6 and finally get 6 over to America for the first time. Hey, we just got Ace Attorney Chronicles. I never thought that was coming over, but we got it. With those coming over, I do have a slight bit of fear, and it is like a fear that has kind of been put in me over the years by the little drops of Lynn that they've given us. With some of the supports she's had in Warrior, some of the supports she's had in the uh, Fire Emblem uh, mobile game, some of her quotes there, and even the conversation she has in the Awakening DLC. In all of those, like she really goes into talking about how she misses the tactician and how the tactician was so important for her. I'm terrified that the game would, if they did Fire Emblem 6 and 7, instead of revolving around the story around Elliewood, Lynn, and Hector, the story would suddenly become, oh, it's about the tactician again, and everyone loves the tactician, everyone loves the Byleth, everyone loves the Rob, and everyone loves the Corrin. That's my biggest fear of if they did read Maven, and Lynn would definitely be one of the big... She, I, I'm afraid she'd become the Camilla. If they remade... Fire Emblem 7, I have a very realistic fear that she would become Camilla with the tactician. With less incest, which is a good thing, which would make it better, but still, I think that would hurt her character a bit. And they're not above doing it either, because you remember, like, well, obviously, remember we haven't played it, but we did that episode on, like, Avatars, like, uh, Chris is, in, is not in Fire Emblem 3 Book 2, but he is in Fire Emblem 12. And they end up taking a lot of character moments from other characters and putting it on him instead of making him and make trying to make him more important or her, depending on whatever you pick. And that ended up being like a big no no, and fans hated it. And fans ultimately don't like Chris because of that. It would be pretty easy for them to do that, I think, with uh, the tactician. Since since the tactician really doesn't have a character, the tactician is just sort of like, ah, oh, I'm here, and you can talk. He doesn't even he doesn't have actually any voice lines at all, but. The in person, the impression that you get is like, oh, you can talk to the tactician about anything. I'm not really into the heroes community. I so I'm going to ask you in case you know. Does Chris have a character in Heroes? Yeah, both of them do. Yeah, uh, just like the default, the default blue-haired male that you see on the um, box art and like the promotional images. That that version of Chris is in the game, and they kind of have like this funny uh, forging bonds character thing where they're where the male Chris meets the female Chris, and they're like. Wait a sec. Are we, are we like the same person, or uh, which one is actually the real one? <laughs> so they do kind of do a little funny thing there, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's no Mark in Heroes. Mark to this day does not have official art. He just has that tiny sprite, and that's it. So I wouldn't be above for them adding Mark to Heroes just so just so you know he gets some official art out there. Oh, well, maybe we'll find out one day. Maybe one day nintendo will actually make a new fire emblem game and give us some news dear lord give us some fire emblem news we need it uh but the future i think the future for uh the future for lynn based on what we have now is i think it's pretty bright you know heroes is more heroes is more popular than ever i think it's nintendo's best performing uh mobile title obviously you don't count things like pokemon because that shows up on the pokemon company's thing and that's a whole mess of a thing um but with her being in heroes and being so like upfront and stuff. Um, I could, I think they're going to do more with Lynn. It may be a little here, a little there, but 
yeah, I think the future is pretty, uh, pretty bright for the character of Len. And what's definitely looking bright is the future of the Emblem Support podcast. Uh, as we're recording this, it is uh, close to the end of the year. And actually, this part of the podcast is being recorded separately from the main part because we had some weird like audio desync issue right around the 54-minute uh, mark. But you probably will, wouldn't be able to tell that, thank goodness. At least I hope you couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, uh, Carter's and I, we actually have the next few episodes of the podcast already planned out, both regular and in support lo- port logs, and we are excited uh, to get those recorded. As always, you can reach us at Emblem Supports, at Planordo, and at KD Corley on Twitter. And for Cardwiz, you can follow him at twitch.tv slash Cardwiz. Uh, thank you for listening today. And uh, with all that said, chapter complete.